Groupon. We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating all rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. For the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and joining me today, we have the best of all time, Alex the Boat Boatman, third time in a week. How the heck are you, Alex? Fantastic. I mean, I care about baseball in late September guys. Like I, I'm freaking ecstatic right now. Okay. Mariners only game and a half last wild card spot. The Orioles just beat the Red Sox. I'm so excited. Like I can't, I can't control myself. 21 years. I've been waiting 21 years. It has me knocking on wood and the professor coming to you live from office hours. Brian Marceau. How are you? Was doing great, Chris, but now I'm confused. I come here every week to learn about West Virginia football, and Alex didn't say anything. So now, like, why am I here? Close loss. Oh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. It was a tough loss. Should beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma sucks. Oklahoma does there you suck. go, Brian. You know who doesn't suck? Dallas Hammer running the show from the shadows. Uh, in fact, he might have the best team in the NFL on his head right now. How the heck are you, Dallas? I am fantastic. The Rams are peaking in the first six weeks of the season, which is always a good sign for the postseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, my Seahawks not as um, not not enjoying that as much. But uh, guys, I think this one, let's just get into around the bar. If you, you need any more information, I mean, we just did a whole bye week episode, basically like a bonus episode for you guys. So this one's going to be like. Did we win or lose on the bye week? We won. Yeah. Go yeah. On. Plug to my piece on tubs of the club.com. When I was going through the rankings, somehow we moved up from like 11th to 9th in the big sky podcast rankings. I go, I guess when you have a bye week and the football in front of you is trash, somehow you move up. So uh, I'd say we won the bye week. Anyone arguments there? Should we start with bye week? Win, L, or draw? <laughs> I think it's always a good attribute when your team looks best when they don't play. So I feel good heading into week one if we're rising off of bye week. Now it's just keep rising. Keep rising. All right. Around the bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. Let's talk UC Davis. Hello to all you Aggie sports talk guys out there who uh, I think think that we don't do our research or probably weren't aware that we did our research. Don't think is probably the wrong word. We go to every team's message board before we start one of these episodes. So it's good to see you guys. And we know that you guys have a message you would love to share with our uh, lovely listeners and any vandals that might be attending the game down in beautiful Davis, California. You will need a vaccine. I believe both shots. Do we have that confirmed? And then, or at least a negative COVID test within 72 hours. I just I mean, you have the both shots because I know. Boise State only requires like one shot. So I don't know if that's like a standard for people that are requiring it or Boise State's just weird. And I think it's more the latter. This says completed CDC vaccination card in the so link that is posted. So I'm assuming both shots. 
So if you're going to the game, uh, either you know make sure you get tested, whether that be at least by Thursday or Thursday or later. Uh, and then those turnaround times, I think, can take a day. So be on it. And then uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, if you're like the rest of us that don't get to go to beautiful California, then uh, we will be watching it from ESPN+. Plus. But who is the University of California Davis Aggies? Who wants to take take the lead on this? I don't even know where we're going to throw it. I'll throw it to Brian because he unmuted himself first. Davis right now, man. Like, all of us were not that high. We weren't low on Davis in our preview. But the Aggies look pretty dang tough. They have two two wins against Big Sky, Punching Bag, San Diego, and Dixie State. And I, I'm going to spend no time talking about those. San Diego is not – we've San Diego's like beating Central Washington at this point. But the Aggies have road wins against FBS Tulsa, and last week they had a they snuck in a touchdown in the last minute against Weber State to give Weber State their second straight loss at home. So this UC Davis team right now, I know Montana has the most prestigious Big Sky win against UW, but in terms of entire mm-hmm. resume, UC Davis has the best resume to me in the four four-week Big Sky Conference season right now. They do it on both both sides of the ball, which we'll get into. They've got all-league talent on both sides of the ball. Dan Hawkins, if anyone was curious if that program is going to rebuild after disappointment 29, disappointing 2019, I think, Alex, the answer is unequivocally, yeah, Davis is – they're okay, at least, Alex. How about that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We saw this team come to the Dome in the spring. Um a game that Idaho led all the way until midway through the fourth quarter and maybe would have won if we weren't missing like 12 starters due to COVID uh, that, that day. But um, so we know this Idaho team can compete with this Davis team, but I mean, impressive win to start off the year at Tulsa, um, which did go to the American championship last year. Like let that sink in. Um, Tulsa went to the American conference championship last year, which is one of the best conferences in FBS and Tulsa um, and UC Davis just out muscled them the whole game. Um, they did beat Weber State, and I'm trying to think about who that means more, uh, what it means more about, like Weber State or UC Davis. I'm just not sure how good Weber State is this year. Like, I know, Chris, you've seen him in person. Like, is this the same Weber State team that, that we've seen? Like, impressive win on the road, backup quarterback, like, hell of a win by by the Aggies in, in, uh, or, in Ogden there. But, you know, I watched the end of that game. That that P.I. call they threw against Weber State was a bunch of crap at the end of the game. Like, Davis maybe should not have won that. If they don't throw that P.I., they're looking at a third and a fourth down, fourth and goal, and it's not looking good for Davis. They probably lose that game if it wasn't for that crappy P.I. call. That ball was, like, past the track, and they called yeah. it P.I. Like, it was, that was, like, just so bad. But, yeah. I mean, you've seen, like, is – does that game they're winning against Weber? Does that mean more about Weber is not as good or Davis is really good? Um, I think it's a mixed bag. Uh, I think it shows that Davis kind of has the capability to be a top team this year. Uh, and I think Weber's kind of getting a little bit of flack right here, right? Like they've dropped all the way to number 19 in the polls after losing to number three or two, depending on what poll you're looking at, James Madison, and then also losing by seven. In the fourth quarter to UC Davis, both of those games without their starting quarterback. Now it's football and you can't do that, but like if you're Weber State, you have Montana State at home and you got to go to Cheney. 
but otherwise the rest of your schedule you should win. As long as you win one of those two games, you're probably still making the playoffs. Weaver's at the point where I doubt they get any lower than 19. They're just going to continue to climb back up the poles, and especially as Bronson Barris, Barron gets healthy. But at the same time, UC Davis lost their starting quarterback in this game. We're able to get a fourth-quarter comeback. So uh, I think Weber is showing a little bit of signs of weakness because they have gone to the semifinals with what Brian would call a below average, or sorry, the best in the FCS quarterback play. Um, but, you know, where they're at right now isn't that big of a drop-off from that. So they should be doing better than they are. But UC Davis, this is a great win for them. Uh I mean, for them to be able to kind of, like you said, beat Tulsa, who I was going to say, Brian said that UW, at this point, I'm not convinced that UW might be any better than Tulsa, to be honest with you. I mean, hey, yeah, all right. Well, hey. Tulsa actually was looking pretty rough this year. Like, they were not looking good and kind of keeping track of the American a little bit. Tulsa has been looking like they had to come from behind this weekend to win a game. This, yeah, I think, they, is on their second yeah. win. But it's a first win, but that's also one of the wins is a five-point oh, yeah, loss win. to the number 19 team in the country on the road. And then they lost to Ohio State on the road, who's the number one. Ohio State's team. not that good. I think they're better than Washington. <laughs> so, hey, we'll see how Washington wins out. That Washington win's not looking as great. It probably still the marquee one. But like you said, Tulsa's, I think, at the end of the year is going to work out just fine. Um, but – who cares? Cause the big sky play is going to determine who the best team in the big sky is. Anyways. Um, my take on UC Davis. Uh, I'm just kind of glad to see this team officially look to kind of have stapled it. Because like we mentioned, they kind of had a down year in 2019 uh, after having Jake Mayermeyer kind of lead them there for a while and get it really rocking and roaring. They have an impressive spring, probably would have made the playoffs, but decided that they were just going to opt out and not do the playoffs. Uh, so they were able to ride high on uh, coming into this season. And I've been saying for a while, I thought Dan Hawkins was going to turn that program around. They were my darling. I voted them actually number one, I think, in the country or number two in the country in 2019. Obviously, it was proven wrong. I thought they were going to come really high off that 2018 season. I think they're what a lot of people thought Sac State was going to be this year is actually like UC Davis. UC Davis is the program that is going to continue to be a power in the big sky that wasn't five years ago, not Sac State. Uh, I think that Dan Hawkins is a significantly better coach than Troy Taylor. I think they have better talent going there, and they have a lot more support at their school than I think Sac State has. So I think UC Davis is becoming that next kind of power as maybe we see a team like Eastern Washington fade away a little bit. Maybe Weber takes a step back a little bit. Maybe UC Davis, Montana, Montana State kind of become those three teams going forward. Uh, so needless to say, I'm not exactly stoked to see them on our schedule this week. Well, something I wanted to point out, take a look at this schedule. They're already 4-0. Their toughest game isn't for another <laughs> six games. They could legitimately be 9-0 going into a Eastern and Sacramento to end the year. Now, that's a little bit tougher way to end your year, but this team could legitimately be 9-0. I, I would... I would actually argue that this game against Idaho is their hardest game for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with Dallas. I agree with Dallas. I think actually we catch them in the best spot possible. They come off a, a pretty emotional road win, right? Where they lose their starting quarterback. Um, this is the classic, I'm not saying like, this is just the classic letdown spot where you come off an emotional road win uh, that you were an underdog in by kickoff. 
Um, you lose your quarterback. You win in the last second. We probably catch them at the best time possible. We come off a week of rest. Paul is five and two again, um, straight up. You know, with a off a bye since his time at Idaho. Like this is statistically speaking, probably the best chance we have at him, just based off of scenarios. And you guys know I'm a big I'm a big believer when it comes to situations uh, when it comes to these kind of games. And you know, Dallas something we have to look at with, with we're talking about Davis is a lot of big sky teams have like Idaho. Like, I don't think you can look at Idaho's schedule and have any idea who we are yet. We we've already talked about that on the buy episode Davis. I'm fine averaging out their two easy games with two extremely rough games and saying their stat lines right now are okay. Davis is second in the league right now in scoring at 37.3 points per game. And they are the number three defensive team in terms of points allowed at 16.3 points per game. That's getting it done on both sides of the ball, uh, like some of the good teams who the big sky seen advance to, you know, round one or round two of the playoffs are. They've also got individual, in addition to the team stuff, they have individual talent that's pretty, pretty sound. Hunter Rodriguez at quarterback. We saw him last season. I'm not as high on Hunter Rodriguez as some, but I think he's solid. He, you know, he's averaging about 214 yards per game passing, but he's also not thrown it nearly as much as Eric Berrier. He looks more solid now than he did in the spring. He's a guy that a lot of teams like to have. Uh, we've talked about Yulonzo Gilliam on our show on Base Guy Big Takes a thousand times. He's probably one of the top three running backs in the league, averaging 89 yards per game on the ground. He's also a good pass catcher. They've got weapons, man. Uh, this Davis, there's a reason. You know, We talk about maybe they'll start 9-0. They, they look like they should start 9-0. They've already won two games that on paper everyone would have picked them to lose. This team, if Idaho... I mean, I, if Idaho's going to compete against this team, we got to see a good effort on Idaho because UC Davis has looked ready in all of their games this year. That includes, you know, quote unquote letdown games, maybe against like San Diego. Well, they hung, they hung 60 on San Diego. Uh, maybe a quote unquote letdown game heading into Weber State where you look ahead, you know, trap game. They walked all over Dixie State. Um, this team is tough. And, you know, congrats to them for having a pretty easy schedule moving forward. But, to me, this Davis team, no question. I, I don't have a problem saying Davis is for real. Uh, you know, they're this this year's Sacramento State, as in they're not going to fade. They already have two great wins. They're looking at building a playoff resume for a buy right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you touched on it. They're they're pretty well set here. They have Jared Harrell catching the ball. They have McAllen Castles catching the ball. They've got Alonzo Gilliam running the rock. And you might not be as high on him, but Hunter Rodriguez is looking to be an upper half of the league would be, I think even most people would agree with that. Even if he's absolutely down. solid. Yeah. So like, I mean, this team's just going to be hard to stop. Uh, Alvick's kind of hit on it. I mean, we just got really hope coming off that Weber game. They just let down, you know, but I mean, right now <laughs> I, I, I hadn't looked ahead in their schedule. Dallas might be right. I mean, they might not lose a game at this point. We'll see. Eastern can do a lot to change my mind here this week against Montana. They might go undefeated. Like they have a legitimate shot. I think everybody else on their schedule is a cakewalk. I know you or ten like or ten or ten and one, right? Like Sac State barely beat Idaho State. There's no way they're going into Davis and beating Davis at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, it's a rivalry it, game. 
Causeway Classic. I guess right. Idaho keeps beating Eastern every other year. So hey, hey, hey. Throw out the record books when the Aggies and the Hornets get involved, Chris. All right. There's nothing like the Causeway Classic. Classic. All right. Hey, I I'll take Davis. I'll pin it now. Hold me to that. Come the end of the year. But uh, God, I. Hopefully we can get in their way. But I mean, right now we touch on they're scoring on offense. Their defense is so, like improving. They've got that linebacker that uh, it's going to kill me that I can't remember his name of right now. Um, they, Davis should win this game. And as we said, Idaho State, Northern Colorado, like I got nothing else to say on Davis other than they are ranked, I think, number six in the country right now or seven or eight in the stats perform poll. They're up there. They will be top five by the end of the year. And North Dakota State is up there. South Dakota State is up there. They have to play each other. They'll probably move. There's room for the Eastern and uh, Montana ahead of them right now. One of them's going to lose this week. Like, they have room to keep slipping up these rankings. Who knows, dude, by the end of the year, they could be ranked number one. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But they did the same thing in 2018 and choked in the playoffs. To Well, they didn't choke, but they lost the Eastern on the Inferno. So, yeah, we'll see. I but right now, they look like. In my opinion, it is Montana and UC Davis, a knock above mm-hmm. everybody else. And I think Eastern Montana State are kind of like right there. And then, I mean, we'll see what Weber can turn into. But right now, there's a clear top five. And I think on that top five right now, you're seeing like the best two. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to to vote in uh, Big Side Power because I didn't get a chance to watch too much this weekend. I went to DC, so I didn't I didn't want to vote because I didn't get to watch too much of the games. Um, but I, I, I do I do agree. I think. You, I, I would classify UC Davis as ahead of Eastern right now, just based off of what we've seen them do. Like Eastern had to go to overtime with UNLV. Um, meanwhile, UC Davis beat Tulsa, which Tulsa is a substantially better team than than UNLV. <laughs> and uh, and then even Western Illinois, right? Like the, I, I think I just see UC Davis's wins um, as more higher quality than than Eastern's wins. Um, but Eastern can change my mind this Saturday night for sure. So, but I think UC Davis, I would even put UC Davis even ahead of Montana at some points, like just some great all around performances. They've scored a bunch of points. Um, and they've defended well. So that's, that's, I, I would even put UC Davis first if I would have voted this weekend. To, to be fair, I probably, I would have, I thought about it. And I, in the uh, power rankings article on top of the club, I brought it up how like they have a real gripe for it. Their competition is sign- the teams they've played. Yeah, it, it is a tougher game, even if you include like average Sagan ranking, even including Washington in there. If you take out Washington yeah. and Tulsa, just remove the FBS games. UC Davis has played significantly tougher teams. Yeah, not significantly, but they have played tougher teams than Montana. And right now their playoff resume sits at four and a half wins going into week five. Like they're in a beautiful spot. Now, right. I don't think Montana has done anything to relinquish the top spot is kind of the issue there. But. I mean, if you're a UC Davis fan, by all means, you could be blasting the Big Sky Podcast Network's Twitter at Big Sky Podcast because you have a legit reason and a legit argument that probably somebody should have given you a vote. Like there is a there's that argument to be made. It would have been me. It would have been me, guys. You could. I'm your number one fan. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Any closing points on UC Davis before we kind of cover where Idaho's at and then move into kind of breaking down the game? Oh God, please no. Doesn't sound like it. Uh, I mean, I Idaho, think everyone's on the. I think everyone's on the record saying UC that Davis we think good. UC Davis is for real. And just one point of reference: the only reason I referenced Hunter Rodriguez is really to take down Hot Take Nate because Hot Take Nate is under the impression he's as good as like Eric Berrier. 
we can move on. Hot Take Nate just loves UC Davis quarterbacks. I mean, he <laughs> created the Jake Mayermeyer. Like, he is a UC. I think secretly he is an Aggie. And he does live in the Bay Area, I believe. Could we, should we pitch in and buy him a ticket to go watch the Mighty Vandals play the Aggies? That is a good question, and the answer is no. Yeah, he can buy his own <laughs> damn ticket. Uh, Idaho guys, Paul Petrino uh, in his press conference today, as Paul or Brian would like to say, KG on the old uh, quarterback competition, which I think we all talked about it behind lines. It's kind of funny because it's that's how Paul is. And it's like, but of all the times he's ever been KG, like this is the, like, the actual way, time to do it. Screw you, UC Davis. Like your GAs are probably listening. We have our, one of our highest live counts we've ever had. Uh, we don't know who quarterback is, so you can turn it off. We don't care. Listen to us after the week. But uh, except we do know who quarterback we, is. We do. We're just not going to tell them. It's boorish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a deep fake by Paul. The way that you set a guy up to be a starting quarterback is you don't let him play at all. Hey, he I mean, did work for some. Eastern. Isn't the, and isn't that like the most actually, KG move ever? Where he's like, I know, but I'm not going to tell. Like UC Davis actually, people are sitting there, like, oh, it's got to be Beaudry or CJ Jordan. And then bang, we just roll out full triple option offense and just like we're coming to win the sky, baby. He was a practice. He was the he was the first starter of the year. Like let's not forget Zach Borish started start the started year. for the Vandals. Like this is like Easter eggs, dude. It's like, it's like. We're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, it's, the Paul, it's the Petrino Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Like he's just leaving Easter eggs for everybody to pick up and find. It would be okay. the most Petrino thing ever to trot Borish out there for two plays, maybe a third, and if they get a first down, then pull him and put the actual starting quarterback. And, and I wonder and, if Dan Hawkins. And you never have, see him the rest of the game. I wonder if Dan Hawkins would have any idea if it was a run or a pass. <laughs> I don't think so. We are very and that's good when he throw, and that's when he throws it deep, and we all just get that's thrown it. Loop. It's just a <laughs> yeah. big play action rollout, and Hayden Hatton just uh, even throws it dr- left. Boris throws it left handed. He's not. We can all dr- we whatever. No, we can dream. We can dream here. We can dream. We can dream. Um, Hashtag let Boris throw. So we've all talked about it. I know. I just told the UC Davis people we weren't going to do it, but. I think we all said last week because everybody's still on the it's probably Beaudry train. I mean, we don't know. I mean, this is just a complete just like this is an educated guess based off of what we've seen. And, you know, you know, Petrino's M.O. Of, uh, as a coach of Idaho for nine years. So I mean, it's not like we're, we, we know we're just taking a, a not so shot in the dark, I guess. Alex, how willing would you be to, I know that like in a former life, not your life right now mm-hmm. where you work in athletics administration, but let's pretend like you live in this different mm. universe. Okay. I know you'd have to actually see the betting line on it, but uh, how willing would you be to lay money on Beaudry being the starter? I'm not great. Cause the odds wouldn't be great because I think he'd be pretty heavy favorite. Like if I was to see a Vegas odds, I would say like minus two fifty for him to start. Um, that's not a great return on your investment there, Brian. There's a tip for all of you, those who want to get out there in the betting world eventually. Um, so don't make bad bets. But yeah, I think I would, if I was to like see a Vegas line on this, I would say Bojir would probably be the favorite. So you wouldn't be willing to gamble because it's so obvious who likely is going to be a starter. Got, gotcha. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to do, we got a, looks like a hashtag AskTATC from the uh, YouTube comment section. Uh, chat said, or have Cheetah will view. I don't know if that's will views a name or just. I just go uh, with Cheetah. Cheetah. I like it. Cheetah. Cheetah. Cheetah wants to know, uh, 
is the offensive line the biggest weakness for the Vandals? If we're going to ask our quasi-offensive linemen. You I, wore, I wore an eligible number, Chris. You snapped a I ball, you're a lineman. I uh, didn't block I didn't block anyone. I didn't do anything. I wore an eligible number, didn't your, block. Your comrades to the left of right of you while you had an eligible number on. How do you think? On punt, they were like linebackers. But anyway, um a lot of our weakest spot. I, I think even going into this year, you can make an argument that the line was our weakest spot. We've been on this podcast for the last year and a half saying, you know, quarterback. O-line and DB are our three biggest weaknesses. I think DB has maybe looked a little better this year, but not that great. Um, you know, I mean, I'm in some group messages with some guys who play DB at Idaho, and they're just always just, like, frustrated our DB play. So I'd either have to go with O-line play or DB as our, as our two biggest weaknesses. I don't think our quarterbacks are our biggest weakness for sure. I think either guy is fine. And I actually am pretty convinced that if you gave Baudry a, uh, a good a good O-line um, – he would do just fine. And we even saw last last spring against UC Davis what Beaudry looked like with a bad O-line. Like, he never had a chance that game. Like, he was running for his life just left and right um, versus UC Davis. So, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, something in the past or a, a, a kind of a flashback to what is coming ahead on Saturday. So, hopefully it's, hopefully it's not. But, yeah, O-line definitely, definitely um, probably one of our weaker spots on the team. Yeah, uh, and Jack Snyder popped into the YouTube comments section and also brought up how our secondary has been a surprise so far. Do you guys kind of agree with that? I would, me personally, I agree. I, I would have guessed going into the year our offensive line was more shored up than our secondary, and I think we just kind of answered our own question with Jack and Cheetah. I think the offensive line has maybe been part of the issue with the running game has seemed to struggle, and uh, the passing game seems to go into like lulls. Um, and the quarterbacks are being forced to run where our secondary, like all things considered the offenses we went up against have played, I would say admirably, but I think we're still to that point too, where it's almost still unfair to judge either of these mm-hmm. position groups because it's going against power five D lines and you know wide receivers. And then you're also comparing them against Simon Frazier, who, like also just lost to like Western Linwood state pretty bad, like 40 to zip. So like Simon Frazier is a bad D two team, right? There's no, there's nothing we know about the Vandals. This, this is the start of our season. Welcome to the start of the 2021 football season. We only got seven games this year, eight games. Golly math. Um, I don't know. That's kind of my take on our, our position groups. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the secondary looks great this year yet. Not because that doesn't mean they're not going to be fine. It's Chris is what you said earlier. Of uh, we've played teams where the caliber doesn't really match up. We looked great against Simon Fraser because we should, and we did. We did not look. I know those numbers are quote unquote okay for the Power Five games, but we got annihilated both those games. Like I'm not really taking much from it. We've teams have completed 64 percent of their passes against us. Now that's not worse in the league because there's some bad looking pass defenses. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say we've improved yet. But if we have improved, this would be the first game we'd see it. I guess would you say that like even if we see a slightly middle of the road pass defense this year, it's an improvement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think yes. we've seen like the very back Absolutely. end, very bottom. Like, I'm not saying like I'm saying like we go from like eleven to like seven. Yeah, like, I was gonna say we were I would, in the bottom I three. Take, 
I would take, take like I'll seven. take nine at this point. Let's just keep in, like eight. Something better. In the spring, we were the worst defense who wasn't Cal Poly. We gave up nine yards per pass. And of course, that was all conference play. So yes, Alex, 100% agree. We don't have to become world beaters. If our pass defense is okay, that's a big step forward for us. Last season in the spring, if our pass defense is okay, we're probably no worse than three and three, maybe four and two. That's true. Uh, Brian, you got a tap you want to pull or anything? I know our taps kind of just switched into general conversation, but... We're kind of going through a weird week where we don't have a, anything else to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about what this game means for Idaho, guys, because we, Dallas reference, and it was Dallas who talked about the Davis schedule first, right? Yes. Okay, yep. just got to make sure. Hey, if I'm a professor, I'm supposed to be citing my sources, so uh, I'll give myself C- minus there. In the same way that Davis has a pretty easy schedule, uh, considering they've won their, two of their roughest games already, Idaho, oh, man. We've got a rough looking schedule coming up. We open up with Davis, which I don't know if you there, you'd be a, have a harder conference opener, Davis on the road. But in the next, in the following weeks, we have Portland State homecoming. Right after that, it's Eastern. Right after that, it's Montana. That's a that's a good amount of rough games. Even Portland State is Portland State's not awful, and that's our worst top five. Top five. <laughs> Exactly, top, top, five. top five. Four of the but, top five schools in the big sky. But So I'm, I'm on the train of making fun of Portland State forever and making fun of the top five take, but Portland State, is clear, they look like they're clearly a mid-level conference team, which means they, they could be dangerous. They're not, they're not terrible. They're going to give some teams some headaches. They hung with Montana State for three quarters in, in their opener last week. So I, th- I think these next few games are a big deal for Idaho because truly – if we don't pick up a win in our next two weeks, Davis or Portland State, we'll have gone from September 4th until like October 30th, likely before having a win on the schedule. And that's a big deal. So, if, and I know Idaho, because I interviewed Paul at Media Days, Idaho believes in the spring results. They believe they were what he said. Listeners are, are not going to see this, viewers are this close to be in a, a winning team, this close meaning inches or so from being a winning team. And if that's the case, Idaho's going to have to show something because good Lord, that opening schedule is going to set us up for a rough season. If we can't pick up some wins against tough teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I oh, mean, like, ahead, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, this is a tone setter for your season. Like Chris mentioned earlier, this is, this is the start of the season. The first three, uh, like how many times we can say this and big sky fans probably want to make fun of us for saying this constantly, but it just doesn't count. Like we had the most just non relevant non-conference schedule of any big sky team. Um, these first few weeks of the year. Um, and so, you know, even if we lose this game, like, like even if we lose, we just have to like, we got to compete. We got to show signs of, signs of life and show that we see some progress, right? Like a tight game or, Hey, the offense was doing yards per play, you know, or if Beaudry starts, Hey, his completion percentage just stayed at that 65% mark, right? Like just things like that. We got to see something here um, because if we don't, you know, yeah, I'm scared about Portland state next weekend. I shouldn't be saying that. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, I still love Paul's history of homecomings. Like he's lost like one or two in like eight years. So, you know, I'll take the history with the Vandals on that one. We just show up for homecoming. Um, but we got to get off on the right foot here because that Montana game is just staring you in the face. Um, that Montana and Eastern games are staring you in the face. Like it's really easy to kind of, even though UC Davis is a top 10 team, it's still really easy to like, look at those two games coming up on your schedule and go like, 
oh oh shit right like those games matter a lot to the vandals and um we we can't let this one just like over not like it's crazy to say overlook but it is possible to overlook this kind of game with homecoming and then the montanas and easterns follow up with that it's really easy to overlook a game like this um where it's going to be 80 degrees at kickoff yeah let me let me go on an optimistic rant let's kind of move into what has to go right for idaho right um we touched on this se- beginning of the season sucked, but there's a couple comments I saw from Cheetah and Jack again. Great comments today, guys. Uh, that made me just want to rehash some things here. We started pretty freaking tough in the fact that like we ha- won't be at home. It'll be over a month. We were at home on September 4th. We don't return home again until October 9th. That's a pretty long stretch. I mean, I know we had a bye week. So going to UC Davis feels tough. I touched on it last week, but I know this will probably get more views than our bye week episode. This start to the season is very eerily similar to the 2016 season. Now, does that mean that it's going to happen? Of course not. But we beat Montana State, a team that was below us at the time. We beat or got smoked by unranked Washington State, who's looking like Oregon State this year. We got that was smoked, a weird game. And we got weird smoked game. by ranked Washington. Who looks like Indiana this year, right? By almost, actually, by less po- or by more points than we lost to by these two this week or year. Jack said it. This UC Davis game kind of feels like that UNLV game because they came off that Washington State game, went to overtime in Vegas, pulled it out on Matt Linehan diving into the end zone in overtime. Like we, this game is going to have to be that if this season is coming around. Because here's what you guys said. Yeah, we have a very tough stretch of the schedule. But, man, you hit this UC Davis game and get a top 10 win, which, to be fair, we have done in the past couple of years surprising a ranked team, but not on the road. That's going to be the big thing here. Um, You look after that. I mentioned we haven't been at home for a while. We don't leave the Palouse after uh, this game will be our last game away from the Palouse until November 13th when we go to Bozeman, Montana. Every single, every rest of this game, we will be sleeping in our own beds. They commute to Eastern day of. Uh, I know that kickoff is actually wrong that I'm getting. I saw it got moved up to 11 o'clock today. So, but Yikes. either way, yeah, I know. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It, like I complain about noon kickoffs and they give us a freaking 11 a.m. kickoff. But um, Eastern Washington, sleeping in our own bed. Montana, sleeping in our own bed. Northern Arizona, own bed. Southern Utah, own bed. Then you got to go to Bozeman. Hopefully at this point we've built some momentum from having this like home stretch almost. And then you end the year at Idaho state. So you're still in the state of Idaho. And if future tells us anything, they will do a charter flight down to Pocatello and not bus. So, and, and flight to Bozeman. Um, so those will be two flights. Um, that, the only time they bust the rest of the year is that Eastern game. Every other game is a flight. Yeah. So I'm just looking at it like, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be tough, but if you want to be optimistic, this UC Davis game is absolutely a prove-it game and could change the entire momentum of the season because then that tough schedule we showed, if we beat UC Davis on the road, Portland State should not come into our house and beat us, especially when I can't even get a freaking overflow RV lot spot because there's that many people going to this, stu- this, I shouldn't say stupid game, to homecoming in the basketball arena. I think that October 9th game is actually going to have a lot of fans you know Montana's going to sell well. We're going to travel well to Eastern. By the time Northern Arizona and Southern Utah roll around, like we could have some momentum going in the dome. Like it's set up for a run. We just got to capitalize on it. Soapbox exit. 
Or we lose to UC Davis, look bad against Portland, get creamed by Eastern, get creamed by Montana, and the whole thing goes off the rails. That could happen, too. Hey, we're taking the optimistic what has to happen for us to win approach. (laughs) We already covered why we're probably screwed. I mean, you guys got takes? What has to happen for Idaho to win this game? The matchup that I think is going to matter, and it's actually one we haven't talked about yet, is UC Davis's pass defense is pretty dang good. They picked off 10 passes in four games, and we'll say it a thousand times, half of those were real tough games for an FCS program. 10 interceptions. Also, overall pass defensive efficiency, they're number three in the conference, but the two teams above them have Northern Colorado and Montana. So, yeah, two teams above them have not played close to the schedule Davis has. So my the matchup I'm curious about or that I think is going to matter is an aggressive, tough pass defense from Davis. How does probably Mike Beaudry handle that? He, he, Mike Beaudry looked a lot more accurate in his two ga- two FBS games this year than he did in spring, which is great news. Paul also said he thinks having a couple faster wide receivers, Tress Trainer, Makai Stevenson, the names are going to reference, in addition to Hayden Hatton, is already good, should make a difference for this Idaho team. If that difference is going to materialize, this is going to be one of the toughest matchups. And if Idaho is going to be competitive, we're going to have to make the UC pass defense look a little more human than they have this year, where even the rough games UC Davis has played, Weber State, we know they don't score very much often, but they really did score much against Davis. And Tulsa, that was another sub-20 point game where Davis kept a physical team, a talented team from scoring very much. That's a good defense. Idaho's pass attack is going to have to look strong against one of its roughest matchups the entire season. Yeah, uh, for me, I think it's going to be that that improved secondary we're looking for, right? Um, this is kind of their really first test of a of an even team and even matchup. So, um, if we show an improved secondary here, like we said, just an average average secondary, um, that would be huge. And we don't know who we're facing at quarterback yet. Um, we're not sure if it's Hunter Rodriguez, if it's their backup who won in the game this last week. Um, so it would be. It would be big to see if our secondary um, does does show up here because uh, if that happens, we obviously know what our front seven can do. So secondary shows up, I think we put ourselves in a good position to win. Um, and then one of the weird things on this too is UC Davis, obviously Dan Hawkins, been recruiting a lot of Idaho guys. So like trying to keep that in check because like this game probably means a little bit more to them, which is just like a weird dynamic to this game that you're just not expecting. Like I remember in the dome, Lance Larson kid from Caldwell who rode bulls scored on us. So like you just got to Paul has to out coach Dan Hawkins. That's tall task, unlikely task, but that's what I think it's going to be the key to this game. I think he needs to lock in on a quarterback and don't even flutter. Like, it is his, no matter he throws three picks, four picks, five picks, seven picks. This game, it is his game, and we'll sort the rest out. Uh, and then, man, I don't know. It's good. It's going to be tough. The, our role, I think we can all admit at this point, we're probably very, very, very slim playoff. Like most, you'd be kind of really, really desperate to think that's going to be something that's going to happen. Our role this year is playoff spoiler. This is one of those playoff spoiler games. You're getting a team off of a letdown. 
what's going to have to go right Friday to win is UC Davis is still celebrating Weber State, looking past Idaho, and we just play the absolute perfect game. Beaudry hits. We limit turnovers. Our secondary plays decent. We're able to stop guys like Alonzo Gilliam and Jared Harrell, at least contain them, and that defensive front seven gets after a possible backup quarterback, and we get a playoff spoiler win. Then we're going to have to be on this show next week. Praise be we can do this and talk everybody back down and be like, look, this is our role this year. We're going to win a couple games we shouldn't, and we're going to lose a couple games we shouldn't, and that's probably what this Idaho team is this year. Let's see if the UC Davis is the one we get, because otherwise maybe it's Montana, maybe it's Montana State, maybe it's Eastern. I think we can probably get one of those four teams this year. Maybe it's UC Davis, right? So you just got to hope for this letdown. That's that's it, letdown, and Petrino has got to coach his freaking tail off. He's got a 2016 potato bowl this. Not that's the- my take. Not that the the spring season means that the game is going to go the exact way that the spring game did, but I, I have to agree with Boltman here. Uh, it's the passing defense for Idaho has to look better. The secondary has to make some sort of noticeable progression from what we saw in the spring. Uh, I pulled up the stat line from the spring game. Rodriguez has had six incompletions, uh, looked all world. Now he, he obviously has proven that he's a, he is probably a top half big sky quarterback, but this game they came in. This was his first true start. He replaced Jake Mayermeyer. Uh, again, none of us know how to say that, so Mayermeyer works for me. Uh, and he was a complete unknown. Came in and and had probably the game of his life against the Vandals. Beaudry threw a couple picks. Wasn't the prettiest game. Yes, we do need to have some improvement in the offense to be able to, to hang with UC Davis but at this point. But it all comes back to that secondary. I couldn't agree more with, with your take, Boatman. The secondary has to limit it. And even if it's not Rodriguez, if it's either of their, their backup quarterbacks, they have to have some sort of noticeable improvement from the last time we played. Otherwise, it's it's going to be the same story. They're going to throw too much. We're not going to be able to keep up. Any closing takes before we move into score predictions? No. All right. I guess we will. Uh, let's see. We'll we'll throw. Let me just scroll down to our predictions here. All right. So it is going to go. Me, Boatman, Dallas, Brian. So I will start it off here. Um, I don't think UC Davis is ready for the letdown. I think they're they aren't haven't been good enough coming off 2019 and quitting on 2020 to I think have the letdown. I think they they don't have that winner's mentality quite yet and the fact that like they're going to experience the letdown. I think they still are fighting for respect, respect like we said. Big Sky Power Rankings got unanimous votes for Montana, not a single vote for UC Davis even though they have arguably a more impressive resume. Uh, I'll take UC Davis 30, Idaho 20. Uh, Bowman? 34-24, Davis. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to go 27-14, Davis. Wow. It's going to be unanimous, 38-17, Davis. 
All right. That is uh, Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. If you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Join a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perseed Meteor Shower. Uh, Patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. Uh, where's that take us? Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing white water, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in river history all along the river's edge, and fish some of the most remote stretches of wilder, uh, river in the country. You bring your clothes on the HRE, handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions is vandalone and operated since 1976. We're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab, paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bowl all throughout the Gem State. Call now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. All right. Around the sky. We uh, we kind of touched on it there. We all went 5-1 last week, except the professor went 6-0, adding to his lead one or two games a week at this point. Uh, I am 31-9. Boatman and Dallas are 33-7. And, and Brian is 36-4. So he has a three-game lead. Over the uh, wild card there. Um, let's start it off. Northern Colorado is going to storm Bozeman, according to Greeley Twitter. No, they're not. They might storm Bozeman, but it's going to be like a very light drizzle. Uh, I'll take the Bobcats. But Bobcats. I, think, I think Northern Colorado is competitive. Maybe to like halftime, and then Montana State kind of staples it to them at the end. I mean, Bobcats. they'll be competitive because the game will start 0-0, zero, zero, but I got to oh, yeah. go with both you guys. Fair point. Bobcats. I'm not that sold on Montana State, by the way. Like, I'm not, like, that 100% sold on Montana State. Bro, they're number five in my power rankings and in my freaking top 25 poll. I still have them at, like, 16. I'm with you. Like, they have actually played a extremely easy out-of-conference schedule other than Wyoming. Like, we still don't have, have any of the answers to the Matt McKay question or Vegan's actually a, a successful coach. Obviously, we still think they're upper echelon Big Sky, but, like, competing for the Big Sky title this year, I'm not ready to put them in that top four category. I'm going like to put them, like, a third tier. Like, but, like a ooh. Davis, Montana, and, then like, an Eastern. and uh, Weber. Weber, and then them. And then Montana right. State. That's probably fair. I'd probably put those three together as pretty similar. But... Uh, Dallas? Oh, you already picked it, so Brian? I, guys, I, I can't believe we're overlooking this. Montana State has a win over a top-five program. They beat Portland State last week in Portland. Come on. Uh, but, you know, realistically, Montana State's going to win this, and what I'm going to say this is more about is Northern Colorado on a schedule that is not that rough so far. Like, they just barely beat Northern Arizona. They beat Houston Baptist. They lost Lamar. Those three games are not particularly rough. Northern Colorado has the worst offense in terms of like total offense yards per game in the league right now, 284. And Montana State's going to have better defense than Northern Arizona did. So, no, Montana State wins this. But the good news is it rekindles one of the greatest protected rivalries that we've lost in conference realignment. Montana State Northern Colorado back at it again. Um, I just thought of something watching people pick. We should start doing a poll on the Twitter after the episode and then like see how the fans of the on, episode do picking. On uh, the Twitter. Yeah, on the Twitter. So check that out this week. I will make sure we do it this week. 
If we only get like 10 votes, it probably won't return next week. Uh, Idaho State at the Lumberjacks. I uh, did a guest appearance on the NAU sports show this week, and it was very awkward because I had to tell them that I did not think they were going to be able to beat Idaho State, and I stand by that prediction. Idaho State, but close. Uh, Maybe like exactly what Sac State just did to them, like 23-21. Who's the NAU quarterback? Uh, RJ. It's RJ something. Huh. I'll take Drew. to UC Davis, man. You uh, can't bring I'll, me back to that. I'll take Tyler Vanderwall and the Bengals. Three for three, Bengals. You guys slammed too way faster. You went through way too fast for me to Google the NAU third string quarterback. Uh, we'll we'll get his name down. Sorry, guys. We sound like morons, but like NAU's seriously, this is their third quarterback who's playing. Uh, Woodty is out with injury, and Widener isn't playing anymore because he's not very good. So I'm going to go Idaho State. I thought Idaho State looked a little frisky against Sac State. Probably would have won that game if Vanderwall hadn't gone down in the first half. So fingers crossed that Tyler Vanderwall's playing. Idaho State wins. And Sagarin needs to give up on NAU love for that Arizona win. Good God. NAU's like Sagarin ranking is mid-big sky. They're not close to that. All right. I post this real quick to the NAU people when I was on their show. How much do you think NAU would trade that Arizona win for a win versus uh, their win last week against who is it Southern you know who Northern Colorado and then a win against South Dakota? Like I bet you they give a couple coaches some NIL deals. We talking that two win against Arizona, two for two wins or for one for two FCS wins over the Power Five state win. I don't know, man. The Power Five in-state thing is pretty big, like especially when the other two teams Bro, in that state are packed, are packed twelve teams. It would matter if they were like a decent profile FBS program, or one of those teams was an FBS program. The fact that they're in the Pac-12, I do not care. A recruit that is getting looked at by Arizona, this win changed zero about them coming to Northern Arizona. I guess it's more just like a, it's yeah, but it's more like a. Uh, it's more like a, it's like a status thing. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be like a, a big brother kind of thing. I mean that like, if you're like an in-state or like a true in-state or Arizona and like, you don't give a shit about North, South Dakota, you know, your team sucks anyway. So might as well as take a win versus your in-state team that you should never beat versus a team like South Dakota. That's just my take on it, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, so oh, you have no faith in starting quarterback RJ, RJ Martinez, Martinez for Northern Arizona. <laughs> nice, Brian. This might be a hot take, but I would give up every every other game in a year if it meant Idaho played Boise State and beat them. I, but, I that's F- yes. but see, that's FBS. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Now, would you do that if we beat the Cougs? I would still. I would take a one over the Cougs. I, I would. I would go. I'd go like zero and ten and beat the Cougs because 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 of the embarrassment it brings to them is just I feast off of every day that, that Nick Rolovich looks like an idiot so um that program like he might get fired he might get fired tomorrow we need a route for him to stay guys we have them next year quit the Rolovich fire talk until <laughs> after the Idaho game next year we're yeah, the also, biggest Rolovich fans on the planet actually, everybody throw this out too friend of the show Colton Clark who's a beat reporter for WSU for the Spokesman uh, tough, Review tough scene. he yeah, well, he told me that Rolovich, yeah, I feel sorry for Rolovich right now because Rolovich interpersonally is very nice. He is a much better person to work with than Mike Leach. It seems it's like just, it. 
Yeah, it, it just seemed, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember early pandemic, Rolovich was buying a ton of food from local restaurants, just giving it away. Um, but the team's not doing great. He's handled the shot thing as dumb as he possibly could in terms of not even giving himself a camp that can align with because he's the same thing. But uh, would I give up a, oh, and a ten, 10 wins for WSU win? God, no. I want to have fun at our games. I don't want to get killed. Say 10 wins. I didn't say WSU. 10 wins. Like I'm talking about like 7 and 4. I would take, give you up 7 and 4. You're going 0 and 10. Yeah, but we're not going to win all 10 games like this Dude, on, on principle is, alone. NAU is an Idaho win away or an Idaho loss away from going 1 and 10 this year and getting to celebrate Arizona. They might, they're bad. They I still want to beat us. I want to beat WSU, but I still want to pretend we have shots in the playoffs for like the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. Their uh, season's done. They're done. They're done. But they got Arizona. Anyways, uh, on to Weber State at Cal Poly. Oh, boy. Talk about another team that's done. You think they'll just quit this year and just like make a staple now that just like any – until COVID is completely wiped off of the planet, you're allowed to quit the season at any point because Weber State's going to – take a lot of frustration out on Cal Poly. Like they might put up 60 points in this game and Weber does not put up 60 points. Yeah. Give me the Wildcats down in San Luis Obispo. Beautiful setting, by the way, like highly recommend to anyone to ever go San Luis Obispo, Cal Poly, beautiful campus, beautiful place to watch Weber State kick the shit out of Cal Poly this weekend. New schedule next year. Maybe we do get to go to Cal Poly. Is it not, not out? Is it? Do we not know yeah, what it Southern is? Southern Utah is leaving, so they're redoing the whole schedule this offseason. Oh, that's right. It's because we lose Montana as a protected rival. Yep. Still don't want to talk about it. I hate the big sky, man. Hate him. I mean, it's obviously Weber. Uh, Cal Poly is butt cheeks. Uh, <laughs> but I look at Cal Poly every week and just think if this season goes really poorly for Idaho and Petrino goes. Baldwin could leave beautiful San Luis Obispo for the nice rolling hills of Moscow. I guess, I guess what's the deal though? I, I have a question before Brian Pitts picks like, like at what point do you start to get worried about Baldwin? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like at what point do we actually start to get like, not just like gloss over the fact and just go like, wait a minute. Is, is he Baldwin gonna have like, success at Cal? He's not having success at Cal Poly. Maybe he just took over a good wolf-led team, and it is yeah, what it is. Kind of like what a lot of people think about Chris Tormey here, is he just took over a good John team L. Smith. and he failed because he saw it going down. Maybe. Yeah. All right, right now, real quick. Year four for me. I would say year four. If this, how bad if this Poly is including the COVID year, or is, are you considering this his first? I year? would consider this year two. So okay. third year, not COVID. Fourth year, counting COVID. Let's say right now Paul Petrino fired, not our coach at the end of the year. You taking Bo Baldwin, or what if Mr. Brian Lindgren wants to come back? Uh, I, I take. Shut I up! Take, it's hypothetical. We can we can be optimistic on this um, show. Brian Lindgren wants to come home, man. He, no, he. Had, I mean, I mean, home. I mean, honestly, like that. Like, I don't think. But not just like, going to SC. I, here's the thing. Like, I guess real quick. Not even if like Paul Paul ever gets fired. Just like in the future, if Brian Lindgren doesn't see vertical movement in his career, like. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he take like a slight pay decrease to go be the head coach's alma mater? Like, generally, guys want to go be a head coach. That's why they get into this whole thing. If they want to go be a head coach, that's not a bad spot. You know the lay of the land. You know he's a semi-local guy from the area. Like, why wouldn't I think like Vandal fans like take put out of your mind that he would definitely turn the job down. 
Like, like that's still like a possibility, even like if it's like three years from now and he's still the OC to Oregon state, not going anywhere. Like that's just like guys take pay decreases to be head coaches. Petrino did it when he, I mean, it, it happens like, you know, um, so even I'm not saying like Petrino's ever going to be like going to be gone, but like, even if it's like three, four years from now, you know, and, and Paul moves on to something else. Um, like, and Lindgren's still out there as the OC at Oregon state. Yeah. That is like a definite possibility. So like, Keep that in your mind as a possibility. He's at the top of my list. So is uh, Joel Thomas. And there you go, Martin. Yeah, Martin, I see you out yeah. there. Joel Thomas and Curtis Johnson, another name I'd love to see. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Bobby Houck probably put, took a pay cut to leave San Diego State as well, like to go back to Montana. So, I mean, it happens. I get San Diego State's not Oregon State, and it's probably making a little bit less money than the yeah. Bills pay. But uh, anyways, we spent a lot of time on Weber State Cal Poly for absolutely no reason. And we've just been filibustering and not letting Brian give his pick. Here. Oh, yeah. Well, first off, answer the coach question. I want Bo Baldwin as damaged goods. I absolutely believe in him. He ran he, – Eastern was fine. Like, yeah, he didn't rebuild Eastern, but he built them too much to a very good – he won a national championship. And he honestly had a couple teams that looked like they could have repeated. So, yeah, I'm all in on Bo Baldwin damaged goods. Real quick on Cal Poly, I don't know why you guys are down on them. They're only giving up 511 yards per game. <laughs> For a second, I thought it was actually going to be like a really sneaky like take, like we totally missed something. The, no, and the no, sneaky it was, thing, It was a classic Brian over the head with a club. Like We, we <laughs> all think that Cal Poly is terrible offensively too, right? Yes. They're not the worst offensive scoring team in the big sky right now. We just talked about them for a while. NAU is averaging fewer points per game than Cal Poly. So, uh, no, Weber State gets back on track, no question. Cal Poly is a tune-up game. But, uh, yeah, uh, the real interest is how much is can can Bo Baldwin become damaged enough goods to be an Idaho candidate? That, that's what I'm curious about. Uh, next up, Portland top five. Portland, I think we just concluded they're no longer top five. They are top six, Portland State. At Southern Utah. I mean, I feel like Portland State's the kind of team that w- could go into freaking Cedar City and absolutely lay an egg. But, like, right now, I have no reason not to pick them to win. So, I'll take them, like, in a weird, like, 9-6 game. This is a classic Portland State look good last week. Portland State sucks this week game. Thunderbirds. Wow. I'm going to have to go with Barney Ball. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about this game, but Barney Ball. This is, dude, this is a tough one because actually on paper, these teams are pretty close to identical. Now, Sagan ratings are like six apart. They're scoring scoring right now. Like well, Portland State's averaging like 22.3. Southern Utah's averaging 22. Uh, Justin Miller has looked pretty good when he's not playing FBS teams, but Davis Alexander is the number two quarterback in the league and, you know, yards per game. So man, do I hate Portland state? I, I really on principle want to pick against Portland state, but until Southern Utah turns more games into wins, you know, they just gave up what, like 60 to Eastern. I, I'm going to go Portland state. Uh, next up. Uh, Idaho, we already picked it. Montana, oh, duh, ESPN2. Possibly the biggest game of the year, the way Weber's looking and how we don't believe in Montana State yet. Uh, You get Montana, who I believe is number four, at Eastern Washington, who I believe is number six in stats perform. 
Um, ESPN two late kick eight thirty, so you can watch thirty minutes of the Vandals UC Davis game, and then uh, hopefully. If it's not out of hand, you can miss the first bit of that game. If it is out of hand, you got a really good option to turn to. I'll keep this short and sweet. It is the farewell tour for the Eastern Washington Eagles. This is their headliner. They've been waiting all year for this. First time the Grizz have been on the red since 2016. The turf was installed in 2010. The Grizz are 0-5 all time on the red. That streak, as long as many others for the Grizz end this year. That was a that was a Grizz win. Um, first of all, Chris out here saying mount, using mountain time zones to talk about this Eastern Washington game. For all you normal people, this game's at seven thirty Pacific. Okay, so um, and this that's the same time our game starts. Our game's at seven. Sorry, and I'm even on Eastern time, and I'm out here calling the right time zones, Chris. Like, come on now, needs to be better than this. Um, yeah, give me a. Oh, Tom Murphy hit a home run, please. Nope, short. All right. Um, sorry, Mariners turning the playoffs. Man. Yeah, baseball Trudel day, bl- Mariners. Trudel blue, repeal the teal. <laughs> hey, hashtag believe Ted Lasso. Anyway, um, I'm going Grizz. Like, I, I, I think I've been kind of like, real, like thinking about Eastern. I've been kind of like on the is Eastern. How good is Eastern band? Like, I've been leading that charge. I feel like of how good actually is Eastern. Like, they beat a crap UNLV team um, who they should have beaten by more. They let Western Illinois sneak in the freaking back door and almost hit him over the head with a baseball bat at the end of the game. Um, back door, baseball bat. Sorry, back door just has been mentioned earlier tonight at some point. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, I they took care of it. Took they took care of. You know, there are teams they should have taken care of. I just think Montana's is like that freaking good. Like, I really like, I just think they're just that good. And I think Eastern's going to play really emotional. I think Montana won't play as emotional. And that might play to their benefit. Like, Eastern can make some dumb, stupid stuff, um, decisions. Um, You know, this is Eric Berrier kind of game where he can just go off or they can just do some stupid stuff. But I guess it's give me the Grizz on the road. I, th- I think they're the better team. Like they, like they probably would be favored if I had to see a line, which I don't see a line. So I'll take the team that's uh, that's favored in this, which is the Grizz. I mean, I think it's pretty easy to look at this game and realize that Montana is absolutely the better team. Sorry, Patrick, but Montana is absolutely a better team at Eastern than Eastern. They're, I think, they're deeper. They're better at just about every position except the most important one. And that's why I'm going to go with Eastern. I cannot believe it, but I'm going to go with Eastern. I'm going to go with Barrier. I don't th- at some point Cam Humphrey is going to get tested, and he's going to have to be the guy to make the play. And I don't know if he's the guy that's going to do it. Eastern is the firepower from Eastern is enough that if if it comes down to Cam Humphrey having to be the guy to win you the game, can he do it? And I'm not going to say he can do it in Cheney. Cam Humphreys is not the guy. Chris, I thought that was the direction you'd go because I think at this point, your take, both of us had similar takes on Cam. Yours was like glass half empty and mine was glass half full, but both of them were like, he's not that good. I don't think he's close to as good as his stats right now. And I, I really think Eastern could be, should be the first team where Cam the Grizz could lose a game because of Cam Humphrey. Eastern scoring 50 points a game. 
getting 632 yards per game, which is just incredible. But the rush defense, I don't know if it's good enough to make Cam Humphrey have to win the game. Eastern's already given up 12 rushing touchdowns. And that Montana Grizz defense, like they're not going to have an off day. Uh, Eastern's receivers are not going to be able to drop the 500 passes that they ritually do against better teams. So though this is going to be a must-watch TV, I wish I was going to be there, but I can't. Uh, This would be a kick-ass game to see in person. I really want to pick Eastern, but because Montana's a little more steady, I'm going to pick Montana. Honestly, the Western Illinois game is what terrifies me here because Eastern looked like a different version of Montana against Western Illinois, just a not, you know, 56 points or whatever in the first half. But then they almost face-planned the game away, whereas like Montana just put their foot on Western Illinois' throat and kept it there the whole time. I, that's really the barometer I'm looking at, so I don't want to pick Montana here. I love Eric Berrier. I would kill for a coach like Aaron Best at our school right now, but Montana's going to win this. Yeah, look, to defend my point, I do think Cam Humphrey's not the guy. I think you're seeing both – Eric Berry and Cam Humphreys benefit from a rather easy schedule other than, you know, Washington. But Aaron Best said it himself. They don't do well against physical teams. I don't think there's a more physical team in maybe the entire FCS level right now than Montana. And no offense, I know he doesn't like me hearing this and somehow will probably get in his ears. Eric Barrier does not do well when he's under pressure. Now, Montana doesn't run that 3-4 defense that kind of allows for the standing up ends, so it'll look a little different than when Idaho gives them fits. But I'm sorry, Cam Humphreys, I don't care if he's going to be not the guy in this one. I just think that offensive line, though improved at Eastern, is not improved enough to give Barrier the capabilities to put up the numbers that we've been seeing him put up against really, really bad teams. And by no doubt is he still probably the best quarterback in the FCS, but he is not going to have an all show out kind of game. It's going to be like the game against Idaho where like 250 yards and two touchdowns is good because he is scrambling and running around the whole time. Yeah. yeah like You go for Oh, I, I mean like when Idaho plays Eastern, we're generally the more physical team. Right. And like, like we, that's how we usually compete with Eastern is because we out physical them. And, like, nothing against Idaho, but Montana's been a much more physical team than us the last few years. So, like, by that account alone, I mean, you're pretty much picking either Eric Berrier or 20 other guys on the Grizz team minus Cam Humphreys. Like, that's like that's what you're picking here. And, like, like give me the 20, I guess. You know, that defense, I guess my trust in the in the defense is just, like, too much. Um, you know, you're gonna, they're going to have to make Eric Berrier beat him with his arm. I think quite a bit. And that's where you want to have happen. Make those receivers have to go make plays, which we've seen them struggle and lose games because of that before. Yeah. And just to close it, translated property of sports, like I know it's Brian's favorite thing. Montana 42, Western Illinois seven, Eastern Washington 62, Western Illinois 56. One last thing to hit for Eastern, which is we do have to acknowledge two, two guys putting up freakish stats right now. We've talked about Eric Barrier, but we have to give some numbers. 420 yards per game right now, 16 passing touchdowns, two interceptions. That That's freakishly good. That's almost so good that like seeing a five-touchdown game feels like, okay, well, what's the big deal? It's Berrier. And new running back for Eastern, Dennis Merritt, averaging 95 yards per game, six and a half yards per carry, seven touchdowns. But going up against the Grizz defense that against terrible teams, of course, they're, Grizz are giving up 1.7 yards per rush. 
So if Eastern is look, if Eastern shows they can be physical, then I think that the jury's in like, okay, well maybe Eastern did has taken that developmental step they need. But I don't think you can pick Eastern until they prove they can handle physicality because Montana's a different monster. Yeah. And you touched on it a little bit there. Like this they're kind of like Idaho in the sense that this is the start of their season. Those stats for Eastern are against 172nd, 197th, and 144th Sagarin ranked teams. And a D2 team who doesn't even get ranked. So, like, we don't really know how good they're actually going to be yet. This is kind of their first test. And boy, oh boy, is it a is it a good one. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, closing the bar. Unless, Hammer, do you have a hammer down? No? Okay. Closing the bar uh, for our Patreon members. we got a new little thing for you guys. We have a Discord. Uh, which we'll be talking to you guys throughout game days or, you know, when big news breaks. So uh, we'll find a way to contact you. Check your emails because we'll probably get contacted through the Patreon app uh, to join the Discord service so you can actually chat with us in a more private space during games and get more, you know, live thoughts as well as our live reactions. So that way, you know, and we'll be interacting with you uh, in that service. So if you are a member, thanks to you, they're always shouted out in the bottom. Uh, so this is just another benefit for you guys. Uh, if you're not, you can easily get an invite to the discord by going to patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. It costs you as little as 99 cents a month to be able to chat with us. I know I wouldn't pay 99 cents a month to chat with us, but you know, we'd appreciate it if you would, uh, anyways, closing the bar. We'll see you guys in the next one. It's time for Colby a cuff to play us out with the Moscow drinking song. Go vandals. Go vandals. Go Vandals. Anything boat? No. No go Vandals from boat. So No, go Mountaineers, of course. Who yeah, else yeah, are you talking Sorry. About? That's it. Go Mountaineers. Country Lord, Lord, Man United. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals and the craft. I'll just out there living the drink. Part of one and only Moscow drinking.